0: And welcome to the final Arrowhead Pride Radio of the season. I think, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Sitting here with the editor in chief, ArrowheadPride.com. It's kept us well. He's kept us entertained all season long. His name is Pete Sweeney. What's up, Pete?
1: Jay, last episode of Arrowhead Pride Radio. Wish it was on a better note. In a lot of ways, the Chiefs coming up just short of getting Super Bowl fifty-five done, and. What's even worse, I feel like about the game, man. They, I know we'll talk more about it, but didn't really feel like there was ever a chance that they were going to be in this game. And it's just a feeling that we haven't had in a long, long time in the biggest game of the year.
0: There was two chances I thought when they stopped them at the goal line. Yep, that I was, was like okay, that sure. that, that, yeah. that that's a memory made to happen right there. That's a, a late. Then they did. Then they had a punt. They got a couple first downs. They punted. Yeah. But then the other one to me that I was like, because I'm always. You know, I, I get to this point, Pete, where I'm like, I get these texts. I'm like, I'm not sweating. Right. And that's been a theme on the post game. I what, what point of the game were you sweating or were you not sweating? Okay, when when they go down there near half and just get a field goal. Yeah. And I'm thinking Madden football here. I know it's weird, but that's what I used to do. It score at the end of the half, defer, get the ball in the right. second half, put 14 points on the board before anybody could. And I was thinking that's the Chiefs. And then I see Tom Brady penalty to take the Bronco or the uh, Buccaneers down and score. And I'm like,
1: uh-oh. I think you're – As someone, you you watch all these games, and you always felt like, okay, maybe they're not going to win this game, but they're going to go on some kind of run and at least have a shot at the end. And I think at the end of the third quarter, when Mahomes just could try to do whatever he could possibly can to get the ball for a first down, and he went parallel and it just hit the guy in the helmet. And I, I think that was the moment where... You knew that this was not going to happen. There was no Mahomes magic that was over, going to overcome the Buccaneers.
0: No question about it. Pete's been a big news in Chiefs Kingdom this week with a few, uh, yeah. so some not so good memory, not so good moments. Excuse me, good memories, not so good moments. Uh, the first with Marty Schottenheimer. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam. All right, let's go. Marty Schottenheimer, to me, Pete. Yep. I grew up uh, going to Chiefs games in the '80s when I was a kid before I had a driver's license, and I even heard from some of them on Facebook. They they hit me up and said, "Remember, I remember going on those bus trips with you. We'd go down to the bus. Our parents would drive us down there. Seventy-five bucks a year to sit in the end zone. Believe it or not, that's all it cost yeah. in the '80s to go to a game. I'd mow lawns or I'd sell my dad my uh, my radar detector one year to get to seventy-five, and I'd go ride the bus with my friends. And this was before Marty and Carl. And then Marty and Carl came." And everything changed. It was just like going to anything. It was like going to a bad concert at times. Yeah, Nobody was there. And then when Carl and Marty came, tailgating came, Chiefs Passion came, the Monday Night Football came. And really, I've always believed you never know wh- where you're going unless you knew where you started. And it all started you know, back in those 80s days without anybody there and then seeing the resurgence of football. And I don't think you can mention the word Chiefs
1: without Marty Schottenheimer. It really set the tone, I think, for the franchise and the toughness and the tradition, right? And I think personally, talking about Marty, and I'm just going to be honest here, I mean, I came to Kansas City in 2014, well after he was the Chiefs head coach, well after he was able to begin that tradition. But I I did start my career here as an intern with the Kansas City Chiefs. So Chiefs.com, a lot of people who know my background know that. And one thing I'll always say about Marty and – his place in the organization is with the Hunt family and more so, I would say Lamar Hunt. They truly bonded over what was these yearly games with the Oakland Raiders. And, and Lamar had a disdain for the Raiders and he always wanted those games more than the rest. This was before the chiefs were consistently playing for what will be Super Bowls and and whatnot, but these games mattered more And Marty bought in, and that extended to the players. And especially, I would say, during that time, Raider Week was a big deal because of Marty. And I think that was what stood out, you know, as I was working for the Chiefs and and beginning my journalism career and learning about the history of this team. Big, big, big Lamar emphasis, and and Marty bought right in.
0: No, he really did. And, of course, somebody that you and I knew extremely well, Pete, and I know he's a big friend of – Arrowhead Pride. I was Tres Paler, and I got the uh, fortunate opportunity to host the Tres Paler show uh, this year. I did that show Monday night with him. I- I've told this story to very few people, but I brought it up today with C and stuff. That my dad, yeah, he passed away in December, but that was his favorite show. I mean, he would listen yeah. to Tres Paler's show because he liked to learn things. Because when you listen to Tres, you learn, right? It wasn't just questions that reporters ask. It's very similar to your questions, Pete, where you you, you have an agenda and you need an answer, and there's very few that do this. Um, you're one of them. Therese was definitely one of them. Therese was a scout working as a reporter. I, right. That's I what agree. he was doing. I agree. And Dad was listening to the show when he went code blue, and that's how much Therese meant to my father listening to it. But uh, here was the open Therese Paylor show Monday night, and this is really Therese's last appearance time it is. Monday at 7 o'clock. How about the Therese Paylor show? Yes, Therese Paylor. The one we all love. Former Chiefs beat writer. He's the corporate champion. The people's champion. He's with Yahoo Sports now as a senior NFL reporter. And a Hall of Fame voter. And he's on the line right now. What's up, Therese? Vink, my man. How you doing? We're doing good, man. You're doing good. Are you still the people's champion? Uh, you... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think I went.
1: Uh, I definitely joined the corporation uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right before I went to Yahoo, and I don't believe that I've had my 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 face turned yet. So I think I'm still a corporate champion, but eventually, I'm sure. You know, you know how this goes. I'll be a people's champion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the the corporate champ right
0: now. And I brought this up, Pete, and I cut this because of when you were on with the drive earlier, and you brought up the the people's champion. Yeah, and that was uh, Therese Paler. And not only that, but just a just laugh. This is coming back from a break. Welcome back to the Trez Paler Show. He's on Twitter, at Tres Paler. Make sure you're following him all the time for the latest in the National Football League. Of course, his knowledge of the Chiefs is second to none. But we have a little thing called the NFL Draft coming up. And there's no combine, so you need this from outside sources. Brandon Thorne, offensive line struggles for the Chiefs, that interview comes up next but trez paler also a hall of fame voter and we got new members of the hall of fame what's up trez hey my man big thank you for changing the subject to something i love hall of fame (laughs) what a great weekend get the knock you get the knock man i love how they do that man i love there was that laugh he it was his love was the hall of fame he was a hall of fame voter just 37 years old and from a guy i met covering high school football in the press boxes to seeing him at the Missouri press boxes when he was Missouri beat writer, to beat writer for the Chiefs, spending those draft nights with Terez, to seeing his work at Yahoo. You want to talk about a guy that grinded his way to the top? He was well on his way, Pete, well on his way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just mentioned my time as an intern with the Chiefs, and I eventually got that reporter gig, and I was just starting out, again, this was in, in 14, and we would see Therese every day and develop the relationship with him as a colleague and got to watch him up close and personal as he was on the chief speed and just handled each and every day, like a professional, you could really see the wheels turning in his head as he was building stories and asking Andy Reid questions and asking players questions. And I certainly had this attitude where I wanted to be like Therese. And I think to an extent we all did. And, He grew and grew, and we knew he always wanted to be a national reporter. He got the call up. When he turned to the corporate champion, I know the Kansas (laughs) City Star had put up a paywall, so that was the joke that he was now turning. You know, if you wanted to hear more of his thoughts, you had to pay for the click. And it just was just a a funny, fun-loving guy. And one thing I'll say, and I don't want to get into necessarily the details of the conversation, but... We saw Therese more so few and far between once he got the call up to Yahoo because now he's covering the entire league. So he would go to a lot of different training camps and would only spend the day at Chiefs training camp rather than what would be the entire training camp. And just the fact that he came down one time and to an extent pulled me aside and, and wanted to make sure that I knew something about my work. And it just was a moment that uh, and, and and what he – meant, like, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to walk up to me and, and and compliment me. And it just meant so much because of the way that he went about things and the work that he put in and the quality of work put in. And, and you, you notice, and you're like, okay, he's noticing that? I must be doing something right because he's coming up to me to make sure that I know this. And what bothers me the most, I think, about this whole situation is the age 37 way too young, beloved by everybody, as you could tell, throughout the past few days, and just so much life ahead of him where he was just getting engaged. He was growing to be, if not already, one of the top NFL reporters in the world that everybody loved, and and we know the NFL is growing internationally. And I tend to think that over the next 20 to 30 years, again, he's just 37, he would have become by far the top NFL writer in the world. I mean, that would have been something where, you know, eventually Peter King is going to retire. Peter King and Therese Paler to me, would have been uh, one and the same. And the fact that we're robbed of that, and, I you know, we don't get to see that, and he was taken way too soon, it just does not seem fair, and we're going to miss him very much.
0: No, we are. It, it floored me because, you know, it, didn't see, it seems like yesterday, he was in those small press boxes, high school football, and both of us were bigger guys, and we'd always joke that, yeah. you know, move over, Tres, or move over. Baby. Andy Reid and loves joking
1: with him about that, too. Did. Like, when you he show up, and, and same called, thing with Tres. He, he yeah. calls
0: him T. What's up, T? Yeah. He called him. The respect that he got, and I'm blown away. Not not just by your stories, Pete, the, but certainly, like, he would do that with everybody. You know, it's like the, the, the time he took and to acknowledge the work you did. Like, you know this is an ego-filled Business right. it, at times it is sometimes people just want to hear their own voice, and he he did wasn't that he wanted the answer to a question and a question that he was unsure of that would go research. He asked questions like you should ask questions again. I told Carrington earlier, I honestly think he could have been in an NFL front office. That's the kind of detail that he had
1: and respected. I remember there was a moment when there was a John Dorsey press conference, former general manager of the Chiefs, and he referenced the all juice team. I was and right the, there. The, how happy Therese was to hear that. Yep. Like, that was the level, you know, of respect with agents and GMs and sources. And everybody knew that they could trust Therese, which was why he was able to break so many different things. He, he was an inspiration, and I would consider him a friend of mine. And, and you know, that's what we put in our, our note at Arrowhead Pride. He was a friend to the guys at Arrowhead Pride. I know you're at 610 Sports Radio, obviously. And we will we, we'll miss him so much, and just yep. it does feel unfair.
0: It does feel unfair. Well said, Pete. Uh, Coming up next, we'll talk uh, about this game and about the Chiefs going forward. Our offensive uh, film guru, well, he's Arrowhead Pride's offensive film guru and NFL draft guide that's getting ready to hit the shelves, which is fantastic, by the way. Kent Swanson joins us next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery,
1: 610 Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lauder. Jim Binkley with the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Mr. Pete Sweeney, Grant Nicholson, producing the operation. Time now to talk to a guy that's, uh yeah, he's fresh back from the Senior Bowl. He writes about the Chiefs, ArrowheadPride.com. You know him as Kent underscore Swanson. It's your Twitter name. That's what people know you by. <laughs> <laughs> and his draft guide is about to if drop think,
1: like it's hot. If you think anybody knows him without the underscore, you got another thing coming. That's the only way. <laughs> What's how a lot of people know him. That's right. You're right.
0: He's Kent underscore Swanson. Should you be LeVon Swanson. But. <laughs> What's up, Kent? You ready to drop this draft guide like it's hot? Yeah. People
2: normally just talk to me on the street. They
3: just go,
1: hey, underscore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've seen it. You know?
2: We are ready to drop the guide, though, buddy. I know. I'm ex- I, I saw your tweet. That was very nice. No,
1: I'm excited to get it. It's one of the few that I get. Cause can't, I... can't wait to edit these 5,000 pages. <laughs> well, you should be excited, Pete. <laughs> these guys. It's not, it's not like you're doing anything these, else. These guys watch all the film and do your all the TV hard work. Your TV time was I, cut down. Your radio time was cut down. Chip in at the end and then make sure the the are crossed and the do- the eyes are dotted. They put in they put in the work. They've been. You guys have been watching film what all all years since about what November, December, or earlier than that. It was probably
2: October. October. We've been, we've been grading prospects. We've been putting prospects in the grades, or in the grading skills
0: since, like, October.
2: So, we're ahead. We're excited. Um, weird weird week that we launched. But, uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're excited about the guys.
0: Well, it's a little, it's a weird week for these guys, too, because Everybody. a lot yeah. of this stuff you're not seeing the interconference matchups except for the bowl games. The guys that opted to play, like Tyler Wallace, upset at halftime. I mean, that's the kind of challenge they've been up against looking at last year's film. In what night for some of the players, some of the best players that opted out this season, Kent? Uh, I guess your, your your first thoughts on the Super Bowl, specifically with Mahomes. I know we, we we talk a lot of Mahomes with you as we should. That is the Kansas City Chiefs' offense, but the offensive line was letting people through, and Pat found himself running around quite a bit. Yeah, I mean <laughs>
2: that's the story of the game. The Bucks forced Patrick Mahomes to hold the ball just a tick longer than Mahomes wanted to. Nobody, nobody, was coming up uncovered, clean, and that offensive line got obliterated, embarrassed. Uh, there was no, just no way, shape about it. Like they just, they were incapable of, of holding on long enough, and it forced Mahomes to go out and put forth some of the most unbelievable efforts I've ever seen him put out. And you know, it's weird. We watched this game. We watched him just. I mean, it was painful to watch and try to navigate that. But I think it just speaks to how special of a player he is that despite the decimation on the offensive line, we all expected him to go out and do what he does. And, and, and to some degree he did. It was just not enough.
1: Kent, we had identified this matchup as really the matchup to watch, which was the defensive front of the Bucks against the Chiefs offensive line. Were you surprised that the Chiefs didn't have a better game plan going into it? Was it just what you expected, or did you expect them to maybe take a different approach in this game?
2: Oh, I, I think they got out coached in every facet of the game and I mean if the you know if the Chiefs maybe hit a couple of those you know, if they hit hit that shot down the field in the cole Hardman early and, and get them beat deep. Um, then maybe maybe that kinda changes some things and and, and allows some of the off mm. and awesome soft coverage to kinda come back into play because you know, the the Bucks are a little bit more threatened to uh, you know, to the vertical stuff to the explosive plays. But no, I don't think I don't think that the I don't think the Chiefs Came in with a great game plan. I think it got exposed pretty quick. The RPO game was non-existent. Yeah. Um, taking I, I mean, they, honestly, I think. And, and here's the thing, you know, we can talk about play calling all we want and all that stuff. There was some. There's some plays that probably would have, you know, come unclean covered, but they, they, had, they didn't have time. Like sometimes, it's just, guys. Sometimes it's just about the joes and not the X's and O's. Like I know it's a cliche, but no. to some degree, it was just that. That front had no chance. And right. Patrick Mahomes had no chance in
1: turn. Just a talent disparity that maybe we should have put more weight into. I think what got me, and, Bank, you can go to your next question after. What got me was I, I just thought that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes would be able to figure it out. But the talent disparity was just too much, you know.
0: Well, in the scheme as well, Tyreek Hill after the game said it pretty, pretty clearly.
1: They played a lot of zone tonight, um, primarily cover two, cover four. You know, um, we we um rarely seen man, and that's what we game plan for. Mm. You know, a lot of two man, a lot of you know, uh, man, um, obviously um zone here and there. But you know, Todd Bowles he did his thing tonight. You know, he came out and they just had a better game plan.
0: As where coaching affects things, it kind of confused the Chiefs receivers. He gave full credit to Todd Bowles, and probably we should as well. No doubt about it.
2: I, I, you know, I, again, I think that the, the storyline of this game was: can I get Patrick Mahomes to hold the ball just to take longer? I really think it was as simple as that. And because they, you know, like they, you know, they did a really good job mixing coverage. They did a great job mixing coverage and for allowing that pass rush to get home, which wasn't hard. It was not hard for that pass rush to get home. That forced Patrick Mahomes to have to try to create off schedule, not have those easy reads to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, and you you marry those two things together, and you're going to have a hard time moving the ball. You're going to need special things to happen. And Mahomes, I mean, to his credit, I mean, we don't, we've don't we all seen the, the picture of him parallel to the ground. The man's an absolute warrior. He had the ball for 11 seconds on one play. Yep. He was hitting guys in the helmet in the end zone. Like, there's, I mean, there's some, some unbelievable throws that this man put together still wasn't enough. And I think that kind of tells the whole story. Even his ability to create was kind of just,
1: What's wild is and that stat that came out where he ran 497 yards just running away from Bucks defenders. I saw to that. Who counted that? I mean, like, who had
0: the time to count
1: that? It's next-gen stats. There's trackers still. And camera trackers, man. Yeah. Come on. Um That's some work. Kent, <laughs> it's going to be a long off season. I'm going to cast a wide net for you to just give you the floor. What does the offense have to do to improve? What do you see happening first and, and as we go here?
2: Well, I think they need to add talent to that offensive line. Uh, and, I mean, obviously they're going to have some guys returning, I'm sure. Uh, and we'll see who those guys ultimately wind up being. But I think short and long term, this group still needs an injection of talent. They can't be status quo along their offensive line. So I think you got to look at guys like Austin Ryder, Andrew Wiley. Uh, and, and, you know, I, obviously, Laurent DuVernick's pretty is probably going to come back. So you're one of those interior spots. You probably need to set yourself up moving forward in the future at tackle. But you've got to get a more consistent wide receiver too. Sammy Watkins, God love him. Playoff Sammy was a lot of fun, but Playoff Sammy, I don't know if we're ever going to see again. Mm-hmm. McCole Hardman, he is—he's regressed. He's—he's uh, he's kind of just—he's—he's he's been relegated to a gadget player. That's—I mean, they've not been able to get him involved in the offense uh, within the, the flow of the offense. It just hasn't happened. It hasn't happened for two years. I don't think you can rely on it happening. They need to go get a consistent wide receiver and draft one. Add some talent to this group so they can move forward. Uh, Continue to stock the shelter, Patrick Mahomes, because despite everything, if if Patrick Mahomes has the tools at his disposal, he's going to keep you in every single game.
0: Well, and he has up until that that point. I mean, you go back to 2016 where he wasn't within a score. Let me ask you this, uh, Kent, when you look at the Chiefs, because – I'm sitting here, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line in round one. I understand edge rusher is always a need, but you better get them early or don't worry about getting one at all, to be honest with you. And wide receiver help as well. You mentioned the wide receivers. I'm looking at some of these linemen, like Tristan Wirfs for the uh, Bucks. went the 13th pick last year, right tackle for him, had a hell of a year. It can be done with rookies. And this was a weird year without rookie camp and many camps for him to have that quality of year. It can happen. Oh, yeah. I, and,
2: you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, you know, you know, we're still just a week, or not even a week removed from the Super Bowl. But, guys, this offensive line class is special. And guess what? This wide receiver class.
0: Say it for the ones in back, specific. can't say it louder. <laughs> the positions in need for this football team have all kinds
2: mm. of talent available mm. up and down the mm. board. And they're going to be able to identify some guys that I think will. Uh, will really help this football team. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be round one for either of those two positions. They could go grab an edge rusher in the first round bank and then turn around and have all kinds of offensive linemen and wide receivers at their disposal for day two. There's, there's a lot to be excited about this group. And you can find out more about
0: that in the KC
1: Draft. Night. Look That's at right. you. Love, love that promotion. And the thing <laughs> I like oh, best God. about it is the Chiefs
0: needs, even if the player probably not even go to the Chiefs, it will put how he fits with the Chiefs. That's what I love
1: because I use that stuff on draft night. Can't free agency wish list. If you could have one guy that is expensive, and maybe one guy that maybe is middle tier. and anyone on your mind that that sticks out right now?
2: Man, Alan Robinson was showing Patrick LeVon Mahomes a lot of ru- <laughs> a lot of love after that uh, after that playoff game, and I mean it, that guy's exactly what this football needs as the X receiver on the backside. I don't know if he's that expensive. Um, you know, cheap guys, it's going to be interesting to see how that free agency market plays out. And I'm looking specifically at wide receiver because I do think that's one place they yeah. really do need to look at. What about Juju?
0: What about I Juju? Because think... Juju will play the outside, inside, and he can block. Forget about the TikTok yeah, videos. Not... The guy can play.
1: I'm not in on Juju. I don't oh. think. I agree. Um, I, I'm done with Juju, too. I agree. Yeah, I'm kind of Just knock out. off the videos. It'll be fine. I, you know, as much as he was screaming into the camera today and cheering on Bruce Arians, I really like Chris Godwin and Corey Davis. And because I think there's so many wide receivers, I think Brett Beach has some room to maybe work some magic here, Kent. What do you think?
3: Uh, hey, you know what? Crazy
2: things have
0: happened, my friend. We'll leave you at this, Kent. Uh, what about Patrick's uh, toe? He had that toe surgery. Going to miss some time, it looks like, in the offseason. It'll be good good to go uh for the season i just kind of curious like how long this would take it out if they're gonna have the mini camps this year the rookie mini camps I'm not sure what they're going to do with their otas or whatever with the covid and everything but regardless you're still missing some time
2: yeah this is i mean and first look i mean, can we acknowledge that patrick mahomes was trying to do all that on turf too yeah I mean,
3: yeah he was hurting
2: that guy but yeah, I mean this. This is. I think this is going to be a true off season for him. He's going to have to kind of dial some things back as he, you know, gets healthy and gets back into the swing of things. And who knows? Maybe it's a good thing for him mentally that, you know, he's been carrying a big heavy burden the last two years. Maybe it's kind of a good thing for him to get a little bit more time off, especially with the kid coming.
0: Well, his name is Kent Swanson. You can check him out at arrowheadpride.com or Kent underscore Swanson. Of course, the uh, draft guide up there as well. But he's the lead draft of film analysts for Arrowhead Pride com. Thanks a ton, Kent.
2: Guys, you're both on my all juice team. I love you so much. <laughs> nice, guys. Great year. Thanks, hey man. Thanks
0: for doing yeah, this all you. year. Appreciate, it, Kent. Well, it's time to. The turf toe was an issue. That had surgery. They he yeah. didn't. I you was hundred percent. He's, he's a tough to guy.
1: The, to do, kudos to the Chiefs training staff because he needed to move around to even have a chance at throwing any of these footballs the other night, and and he was able to. And I I don't know how else he would have been able to had there not been at least a good training staff getting him ready for this game with the the turf toe
0: coming up next we'll switch gears as we've done all season and talk chiefs defense against the box and looking forward with the chiefs defense with arrowheadpride.com's own nfl defensive film analyst and special teams analyst craig stout next this is arrowhead pride radio presented by the kansas lottery 610 sports radio Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, and Grant Nicholson, producing. Joining us now, defensive G-dick. film analyst, big part of the KC Draft Guide, and also a special team analyst as well. His name is Craig Stout, and he's been kind enough to give us his time this season. What's up, Craig?
3: Hey, how's it going, guys? Craig.
0: It's going all right, Craig. It's a rough game. On Sunday, I know you were waiting for this big. When the Chiefs made that defensive stop at the goal line, what was Craig Stout doing?
3: <laughs> Craig Stout was up off of his couch. He okay. was celebrating. <laughs> so he was going nuts. The life was back in the game. You know they had the shot, and then, well, that's about the last good thing the defense did.
0: <laughs> Craig, where were you doing? What was Craig Stout doing when the Chiefs called the timeout with the Buccaneers third and two on that final drive before halftime? I honestly did not have a problem with it because that showed me maybe Andy's got a little trust in this juice of this defense the way they made that goal line stand.
3: I mean, I I got it. I understood the logic behind it, but I I honestly, even with the second down timeout, I was a little bit like, yeah, we sure we don't want to just get to half here, especially after that field goal. You know, if they were able to score a touchdown, I think maybe you feel a little bit more confident in you know swinging the momentum there, trying to get another score. But because they kicked that field goal, I was a little shaky on those timeouts. But, I mean, I, I get exactly why he did them. That, that's like number 45 on the things that, that went wrong for the Chiefs in that game. So I'm not too terribly worried about it.
1: Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. Craig, it's kind of been interesting for the chiefs defensively because the story of this game has been so much about the bucks defense and what they were able to do against the chiefs offense but the defense didn't have a great night either what do you think went wrong in general
3: i just don't think that they were really prepared for the types of things that uh, tom brady and the buccaneers were able to throw at them i think you saw a lot of tight end motion late motion out into the opposite flat really kind of stressing the chief linebackers that were in their base defense and nickel defense a lot more because they were using heavy personnel. That kind of forced, you know, the linebackers to be in coverage a little bit more and they didn't really sort out some of those motions until much later in the game. And then by that point, the Buccaneers were able to kind of line up and pound the rock, run the ball. And we know that the chief run defense is not great, but, in a game script like that, it just makes it even more frustrating, even more difficult for the Chiefs defense. So I just think that, you know, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich came out, they called an excellent game, and they threw curveballs at Steve Cagnolo and kind of got him off of his game. So it just really was an all-around mess to that, for large parts of the early parts of those games.
0: Well, we saw this defense getting so good since that last Bucks game, and they really were starting to come around and having that, quote, championship swagger. Uh, but the one thing they didn't do, and they as they didn't all season, they didn't let certain wide receivers dominate them. You think about this game; it was Gronk, it was Fournette out of the backfield, just eight catches for 62 yards combined. When you look at Mike Evans, that had one catch, and you look at Chris Godwin, that only had two. I mean, those two guys together didn't do anything. Antonio Brown, five for 22. So, I don't know what the game plan was. They certainly did a nice job on the wide receivers it was the ancillary pieces that ended up hurting them.
3: And obviously, you know, the penalties nonwithstanding. The, the, penalties, absolutely.
0: The a huge part of it. Hey, six first downs yeah, by penalties. A part. It's, a, it's an NFL yeah. record in the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, obviously, you know, the wide receivers found a lot of hidden yardage in that game. I think that we're going to probably get down the road a little ways from here and be talking about, you know, how the Chiefs' cornerbacks were studs there. They were good, and they were largely good, but Bashad Breland struggled a little bit. We got to see those guys get beat on the outside. But Steve Spagnuolo has done a good job of keeping those safeties over the top, giving those cornerbacks help, and you got to see that. The problem with that is that leaves the middle of the field a little more open. And when you've got Rob Gronkowski releasing vertically a lot quicker than he has all year long, you were just having to ask guys like Ben Neiman, Anthony Hitchens, to have to try and carry them vertically to that safety that's having to stay put because of the deep threat ability of Mike Evans, of Antonio Brown, of Chris Godwin. And so that left a lot of space. And we know Brady is going to throw those secure passes to Gronk all game long. And he did. He just fully took advantage of that. Him and the Chiefs adjusted. They threw to the running backs underneath. It just – they really had the Chiefs off balance all game long.
1: Craig, as we turn the page and look at the Chiefs offense or – I'm sorry, look at the Chiefs offseason, what do you want to see them do – and keep, and who do you want to see, and what position do you want to see them maybe go after?
3: I mean, I think that they've got to have, obviously, offensive line help, but on the defensive side of the ball, I think they need another defensive end that can rush the passer. I think, you know, Chris Jones and Frank Clark are capable of rushing the passer, but they they weren't especially consistent this year in their ability to do it. That left Phil... Offenses the ability to double those guys because the opposite side wasn't really getting after the passer very well. Tano Passano did not have a very high pressure rate this season. You know, it, neither did Alex Okafor. Taco Charlton was really the only guy that really got after the passer at any clip, and they didn't play him very often. He was mostly a dime rusher. I think they need a guy opposite those guys, and I know that that's going to frustrate some Chiefs fans because they got a lot of assets in that defensive line already. But the way that Spagnuolo's scheme goes and the way that he leaves his corners and the way that he likes to play his safeties and linebackers, they need that other guy because they've got to be able to get home with a four-man rush reliably enough to make situations like this where he can't blitz as often, not catch up, and not beat him as badly as it did this week. So what would you
0: do? Pick 31, you go offensive line. What about in the second round? Because it'll be at the end of the second round. Uh, for the Chiefs, uh, the last three rounds, the picks haven't been set. And of course, there's going to be probably two compensatory picks as well. But would you go no lower than the second round for a uh, edge rusher?
3: I think that it, it would have to kind of depend on that first round. I mean, I know everybody wants offensive line in the first round. This offensive line class is really deep. I might take that defensive end round one, knowing that you're going to get a guy with a little more juice make that immediate impact, and knowing that offensive linemen sometimes take a year or two to develop, get that guy in the second round. In a ridiculously deep offensive line class, you can get a first or early second round talent there at 63. Maybe go there, maybe wide receiver. Sammy Watkins is probably moving on from this team as well. We'll see how this all shakes out in free agency. But it's also a good wide receiver class. This class actually fits the Chiefs' needs ridiculously well. I mean, Brett Beach has got to hit this draft class out of the park. Luckily, he's got depth positions and everything he needs in this draft.
1: Craig, a long time before the draft. We're at number 31. Take a take a dart. Take a dart throw at 31 right now. If you, you think they might go defense, who do you think they take?
3: Oh, if i got to take a dart throw at defense, oh, my God. Goodness, I'm going to go. What defensive end would be there? <laughs> I, I'll go. My goodness, I, I'm going to go. Jordan Smith, UAB Edge. I, I know he's going a lot later in a lot of mock drafts and a lot of you know people's rankings and stuff like that. But he's long. And ridiculously explosive and flexible and a good run defender. And I think once he tests and the numbers get out there that you're going to hear a lot of buzz about him. NFL teams are already high on him. Like, they already like him when we were at the Senior Bowl. We got to see him. And they purposely put him up against the best tackles all week long. And he beat them routinely. So I think he's a guy that the NFL is higher on than a lot of, you know, the pundits and everything are higher on. If I had to go defensive in there, he's got a lot of juice. I'd like a guy like that.
0: All right, can I play this game too? Sure, go ahead. All right, Craig. Yeah. Carlos Basham Jr. He can't help himself. Edge rusher. Wake Forest. What, I mean, am I smoking something I here?
3: No. No, Boogie is good. Boogie's a good football right, player. Right, he's got right. inside out. Right. versatility. versatility. He's a long dude. God, Nerd sure alert! Alike. I want
1: the play. So, yeah, nerds. I like the Jordan Smith pick because you got a Jordan on the offense and then a Jordan on the defense. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's ridiculous, Ooh.
1: Pete.
0: <laughs> All right, Craig. Get to watching the draft film. Get to making your beer because it's fantastic. Both both of them are. I like you as a brewer and I like you as a draft analyst. I like you as both. Imperial Stout, my friend. I'm waiting for that. I'm, I'm trolling for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for me. You're waiting for me to bring some up to you. I'll bring right, some I kind up of am. I can meet I you halfway I will. or <laughs> Okay. Or right, I need to get down there. Okay. okay. i got to make okay. a stop down there. There's a brewery I want to head down south, so I will, uh, I will catch you there. You can meet me in Springfield. That's where I want to go to a brewery. Absolutely. All right. Let me there. know. All right. Craig Stout, defensive film analyst and special teams uh, analyst for ArrowheadPride.com. Join us all season long. Follow him on Twitter at BarleyHop.com. Well, because he likes beer. All right, we'll talk to you later, Craig. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for letting me play, Pete.
1: Listen, this is your show, too. You can do whatever you want.
0: Thanks for letting me play the draft game. I really enjoyed it.
1: Maybe we'll get you an Arrowhead Pride hat.
0: I've been asking for that for... Uh, Arrowhead Pride post game show. You're not even a, not even a ball
1: cap. Re- for what it's worth, you're not even a ball cap guy. You don't wear. You don't wear. I mean, paper.
0: outside of getting up at five in the morning with you for running back, I mean, I've you know been here for you, Pete. <laughs> That's true. It's all too early to be here for you. That's true. <laughs> the Dusty was the Dust Man the, was.
1: You, yeah, you made you made the Dust Man right, the Dirty Werewolf. You gave him his nickname. And no, everything, I didn't so give
0: him his nickname. That uh, came Makes organically extension. on a post game show with Vern, because oh. his name was Lycans. Lycans means werewolf. Got it. Somehow they okay. thought Dusty meant dirty. So in, the story goes on before that. I I believe, but someone in the Royals post game when he was with Vern called him the Dirty World. Oh, well,
1: I so. like that. That's nice. It's
0: a great, it's the best name, name, best name, name here. Uh, we got to work on Grant. His parents sent me two for him, so we got to kind of work on that. Don't forget, Jay Southland, tow Service, text line 913 576 7610. Your questions for Pete, you can ask us anything yeah, ask regarding the ahead. Chase. And also, the Buccaneers. Oh, they were drinking and walking all crazy. <laughs> See Tom Brady, and they were talking some Uh-oh. junk. For a team that went 7-9 last year, you get Tom Brady. Go ahead, Bruce. Keep talking. You're trash. We discuss that next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. From all the way from the Texans game throughout the year, there wasn't peaks and valleys, really. (laughs) It was only peaks, except everybody that freaked out when we lost the Raiders. But we all calmed down. Think, uh, Brought to you by the Kansas Lottery, Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney. What's e- up, Pete?
1: Even though this the this show's almost over, I mean, yeah. you know how this goes. We'll we'll blink. The schedule will be out. Yeah. It'll be the summer. And then, you know, only 211 days till opening night.
0: This year's show was really fast because parade, and then all of a sudden the world quarantine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was football season because right. me going to St. Joe every day for fun. Yes. With binoculars. Man, it's, we it didn't brings, get to back, brings any... back a Therese memory, too, because no one better to sit with the training camp oh, than man. him. Oh, man. I miss
1: those days. He would get so excited, too, oh, about hey. the little things. Um, Wear that bucket hat and doing his little videos. Never meet someone who loved football and, and training camp as much as Therese did as he's scoring the special teams plays and also like writing down what the rap songs were so he could write write the playlist. and the That's what made
0: him special. That's what made him special. Uh, But Bruce and uh, the Buccaneers had their uh, celebration. Wasn't a typical parade. It was a boat parade. And Brady threw the Lombardi. If you could
1: ignore what we're about to say, I I like the boat parade. I mean, obviously. That was pretty cool. It was different. We can do it on Missouri River. it, It fit Tampa. And then, look, it took a turn for the worse, right?
0: Tom got a little drunk.
1: Yes. Wouldn't you say? I mean,
0: the walking crazy and he, I remember my first beer too, Tom. He was a little
1: stumbly. I'll say this. If I had won my seventh Super Bowl, I would have been as drunk as he was. I probably would have been
0: naked, but it's neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) They know Bruce was peacocking. This was the Mr. Seven to nine uh, last year. Yeah. Not good. Peacocking.
1: And anybody that
0: says running back, bullshit. All right. That was Kansas city's bullshit. We're going for two. (laughs) Whoa. That's not the edited one. Here's the other one. I dumped it, though. If you were online, you got treated to that. That was uh, a. <laughs> did you dump that too, Grant?
1: I had Friday. Yeah,
0: if you were listening online, you got treated to what Bruce Arians really said. Here's. <laughs> and anybody that says, run it back, book. All right, that's Kansas City's book. We're going for two. And of the season. I'll see you never again, Pete. This with is uh, the, my last show. Uh,
1: yeah, so essentially what he's. Online he, listeners dot radio.com, you got treated. Is the run it back saying is some Kansas city bull. And uh, they, then he came up with like an <laughs> even lamer and even lamer line. <laughs> he said, we're going for two. That's their, their, that doesn't, they're
0: running for two. This is a guy that was doesn't seven and nine last year. He did well in Arizona right. until he, he left there. Um, and this is being kicked around on a lot of websites. Although I can't find the audio for it. He says we physically kicked their ass. Uh, I guess he was talking about how they beat everybody in front of him. <laughs> They were seven and five at one point. I remember when the Rams went out and beat them in Tampa. The the Saints did it twice. So let's hold on. I mean, it, being being cocky is fine here in front of your your people, and you can say whatever you want. I get it. You get a little liquid courage, which clearly the Buccaneers haven't drank many beers. Uh, go to Cigar City. <laughs> They're Brewery. all on
1: the TB twelve plan, man. Uh, the the they, body is a I temple.
0: Know. I know, but they, they throwing the Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat. All right, those things do sink. All right, I'm sure the NFL wouldn't have given them another one. But somebody like the streaker would have been down there with scuba gear Ugh. and getting it out of the water. But they were talking a lot of junk. Chiefs will remember this. Listen, the Chiefs, I don't remember talking junk about the Niners. They just didn't do it. They right. were like, you know, they they were, they took their W. They celebrated. This is what teams do. The but they thing, did not throw shade on the Niners.
1: The closest thing to shade at the parade was like when Kelsey was citing the deficits. But he didn't call out the team's city names. I don't, I don't believe. I don't remember that. And so... Um, you know, when he was doing that thing with his mouth, like raspberries.
0: Three, four, seven. Okay, you heard this on the app because I know you weren't listening on the radio. I said on the app you got the full. There's a the question here on
1: the, in the Jade Southland Toe Service text line. Uh, Pete, I think it would have helped if we had lost more than one game during the season. I feel we were overconfident. They well, lost two. Right, there was two. The second one does not matter at all. But um, Losses I, are never good. Pete, I, just say it. I think that there is a little to it, but I'm not buying completely to it. I'll buy into, like, 10 to 15% of that. Losses, sometimes you come out and you play really well, and it's just a reminder that you can't run over people. Now, again, I'll buy into a tiny, tiny bit. I just think the Buccaneers were brought by and far, especially defensively against that offensive line that was put together the previous week. I just think that they were a better team. Uh, There are ways to fix this team, and now the Chiefs will do it. I think the one thing that stuck out was what we were talking about with Kent earlier, where Patrick Mahomes just never gave up. I but mean, at least they went to the AFC West title game they were down 22. He had no time. Yes. He didn't give up. And you know what? You can ride Patrick Mahomes back to the playoffs. And I think this, I think this, I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid will get you to a lot of what will our conference championship weekends, the final four. Yeah, get
0: uses, new normal.
1: You got to beat the last two teams, you got to have a better
0: game plan. When you get. There. think about it, Kansas city, you got an AFC title game, d off sides. There might've been three straight super bowls. You got a super bowl and a super bowl championship. I'm 47 years old and waited my whole damn life for last year's super bowl. And then we're in it again. I mean, enjoy it. There's no further. The chiefs play more football than anybody. Enjoy it. They'll be back. They'll be back next year. Pete's going to be fun. Home games, Denver chargers and Raiders the division. You always have them at home. Also Steelers, Browns, Giants, Cowboys, and bills. The road games, AFC West. Hardly any uh, plus quarterbacks the, Ravens. Play in the NFC East too. We get these Ravens again, and that'll be circle of the game too. Bengals, Washington, okay. you know, the Orlando Brown one's out by the way. So, Chiefs- Washington football team, Philly and Tennessee. This smells. Chiefs played the worst division in all of football next it? year.
1: Yeah, you are smelling it. Yeah, I am. This- what does it smell like? It smells 13 and three at this point. 13 and three. That's a popular record. I, you know, I think if enough teams talk enough trash on the Chiefs, starting with Bruce Arians, maybe they just run it. 16-0.
0: no. is the NFC Least.
1: It <laughs> could be. It could be. You know what? I'm ready. I'm almost ready for the next season to begin. I know I know we're going to enjoy this time off and have the draft and free agency. wish the
0: Cowboys game was a road game, so maybe talking Turkey Day, Thanksgiving. Maybe they'll give us a right. Thanksgiving a night ca- game. We were the first ever to play on Thanksgiving night it's because Laura Hunt wanted it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's Cowboys at home.
0: I said, I wish it was on the road, Pete, because we'd get Thanksgiving.
1: With Patrick Mahomes and just the star power of that, you know, there'll be max night games, and they have even, the Chiefs, gotten a lot of these like prime time ish games that are around 3.05, 3.25. What was remarkable last year, I remember this about last year's schedule, there was only six noon games. I remember covering the Chiefs again back in 14. I've mentioned it a couple times, but back in your day, it was like 12 noon games. You were done by four o'clock. That's what you're Apple's doing? You're good, you're Pete. Out. Now it's now it's me talking to Beck yeah. at ten thirty. Yeah. I got these bags under my or eyes. Later.
0: <laughs> or later. Or later, one or two in the morning. Go into
1: hibernation. Go into the six ten sports hibernation chamber. <laughs> Vern's in there right now. I'm going to get him. Is we're, he here? We're about to trade places. Yeah.
0: Oh, by the way, from the three four seven. This is your dad, Pete. Uh, Big Pete's been a great listener all year. I appreciate Big Pete. And you know he's had some Genesee. Yeah. Uh he says, when is Pete going to lift the call ban on his father in six ten sports?
1: If I ever I said he could call because he's Ralph from Dodge up, City. If I ever You don't know this, but he's Ralph from Dodge City. I don't anticipate this anytime soon, but if I were to ever leave the Chiefs beat, he can call you as much as he wants, Mike. How about that?
0: He kinda likes a G Men too. We get to play him next year. I'm sure Big Pete will be right in here in Arrowhead.
1: We'll be in town for that game.
0: Big Pete, come see your G-men get smacked <laughs> by the Kansas City Chiefs, and meet me at the bar later, and uh, I'll smack you in the God. throwdown again. S. Kramer didn't go so well. No. To be the man, you got to beat the man, Pete. Hey, big thanks to Kent Swanson and Craig Stout. Your guys, offensively and defensively, Matt Lane, Jacob Morley, et cetera, et cetera, at ArrowheadPride.com. Fantastic content all year, Pete. Great job by you as editor Thank you, Pink,
1: for the the year. Thanks for the Chiefs
0: Insider role. uh, again with everything
1: this week, Therese. Man, we're we're thinking about you a lot, man.
0: Thinking of Therese, but uh, anyway, thank you very much, Pete, for what you did. Grant Nicholson, you did a fantastic job. Uh, What's coming up next? Oh, I'm coming up next. Pink at night next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio.